had this dream of like this big scary monster shadow on the on the wall. And then I kind of look over in the dream and there's like a flashlight and there's like a tiny little mouse in front of the flashlight, you know? But because like I was looking at the shadow on the wall, it was like big, scary thing. But then I looked over here, it was like this tiny powerless mouse. You know, I think a lot of times in our business, in our life, we make these problems out to be these big, scary things. When if we could just see them as possibilities to transform or to like level up, like it's kind of like, if you think of it like a game, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like I get to level up. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we've got a guest on the show, Steven Diaz, and I have had the privilege of getting to know him and his wife, Chelsea, over the last year through a group that we're in together called The Wellspring. You've probably heard me talk about it. But what I love about Steven and Chelsea is not just the business that they've built, but every time that I have a conversation with Steven, I get so much wisdom around marketing and insight. And this guy is just, he's like a low-key like marketing ninja And you wouldn't know it until you really start seeing it. And their business has been just explosive. So I'm really excited to have him on the show today to really unpack what started all this, how they got to where they're at. And I'm sure we're just going to learn a ton that you're going to be able to apply to your life. And he's just a good dude. So Steven, thanks for being on the show, man. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I love any chance I get to be around Mike. I remember the first time we sat down at a table with you at this mastermind, you're just like blowing my mind. And also saving me hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. So <laughs> uh, that was an awesome conversation. And uh, we're taking action on that stuff. So uh, love being around you, Mike. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. And we have the privilege of being in a pod together too. So I've uh, gotten to know you a little bit better in the in the recent weeks since, since we just joined our pod. So looking forward to it, man. It'll be fun. Yeah. So take us back and tell us what launched this whole journey that you guys are on. Tell us maybe a little bit about the Rainmaker family, just so people have some context. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd love to hear how, you know, how it started and, and what kind of just propelled you guys into entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we run a, a company called the Rainmaker family. Um, my wife and I do it together and um, we got a big team now, uh, but it didn't start that way. And the Rainmaker family now is really, it's, it's a transformational experience for moms who want time freedom. They want financial abundance and they want to leave a thriving family legacy. So that sounds familiar. You know, it's very similar to like what Mike is all about too. It's not just about the money. It's not just about how many widgets you can sell on Amazon or whatever you're doing or real estate deals. It's about the overflow benefits, right? And so we really do focus on Amazon. I mentioned that. Um, We believe like all entrepreneurship is really a transformative experience. And the best way we can help people transform in their lives is entrepreneurship. And the vehicle that really worked for us and, and is still working to this day is Amazon. And so that's really where we lean. So we we really help moms, we help families launch products on Amazon, um, especially families have no idea what to sell on Amazon. It's actually kind of the best place to be. So um, that's really our, our thing, but it, it wasn't our thing um, back in the day. We actually started our first business in college. Um, and we were, before we were married, anything, it was just kind of like, 
I had a camera. I liked making movies. And so we just started doing work for people with with the camera. And it, it led to weddings, you know, like we're kind of in that season. Friends were getting married. Which, you know, I got a call from a friend. Hey, I'm getting married this weekend. Do you want to like make a video? Right. And so I was like, sure. Like, I don't know, 500 bucks. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, no, I think my first one, I was just like, just pay for my gas to get there and I'll do it, you know? And so it was like a four hour drive. I drove, shot the wedding. And weddings are kind of one of those things that like every wedding leads to another wedding because there's like a hundred people there who see you and then they see the product, right? And so like that wedding led to another wedding, led to another wedding. And before we knew it, we were a wedding business. And my wife joined me in the business. She was a photographer. I was the videographer. And we did that business for 10 years, Mike. We like did that for 10 years, um, shooting weddings and really matured together in business ownership, entrepreneurship, running our own thing. Um, and learned a lot, honestly. And uh, that business was good to us. Like definitely as young marrieds, like who were very poor when we got married, um, that business allowed us to buy our first home, allowed us to learn a lot about each other. Um, but it really got to the point where it kind of burnt us out. And um, I think this, uh, any of your listeners can probably relate to this, where if you're in a business where you're like, it 100% requires you all the time to make money, you really feel kind of trapped. Like like you might be crushing it with that business, but you also might be like hustling your life away. And that's kind of what we were doing in that season. I remember, you know, friends stopped calling us because they'd just be like, oh, you guys are so busy, always traveling. You know, every weekend we'd be shooting one or two weddings and like driving three hours to get there and then editing throughout the week. And so it was awesome and making good money, but it really was kind of starting to cramp the lifestyle, right? And and we were finding that ceiling. We actually kind of hit the ceiling with it. I think there was one year we shot 43 weddings and like mostly in the summer, right? So it was like double headers every weekend and we weren't outsourcing. We hadn't built the team or anything. So it just like stretched us super thin. And and uh, also in that season, like we're dreaming about the future too. Like we would love to start a family. We'd love to have kids. Like we'd love to have more time freedom, but it just mm. didn't feel possible with that current vehicle of of weddings. And so... That's what really put me on kind of this side hustle journey. Chelsea was very, very responsible and kept running the business. And I kind of like would goof off at night. Like I kind of like do my work as the wedding person. And then at night, I just like watch webinars and buy programs <laughs> and like do side hustles. And so like we call that the spaghetti season. Um, you know, it's like kind of the throwing spaghetti against the wall, see what's going to stick. And uh, I mean, we did, you name it, we've probably done it, you know, Airbnb arbitrage and renting our own rooms and um, uh, long-term investing, short-term investing. Uh, we bought a photo booth business. Uh, we started a little toy company. We were like selling toys on Etsy and like, you know, like kind of you name it, like we tried it. Um, and the problem was we added a lot more of things onto our plate that all like kind of moved the needle a little bit. Um, but they all still required me and Chelsea. Uh, like some of them were a little bit scalable, but um, most of them just like added more to our plate. And um, it was in that season we were reading this book. It's called uh, Poverty, Riches, and Wealth. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's just about money and um, and and um, even kind of like the spiritual side of like uh, money. A really, really interesting book. And uh, in the book, there was a line that said... Um, if you don't like trim vines, like it was kind of giving this gardening analogy. It was like a vine overextended will just grow sticks. Like you go to a vineyard and if you don't trim those vines back, you don't prune them every year, 
they will literally just overextend themselves and they'll just grow sticks. They won't grow grapes. They won't grow fruit. And it really hit us in that season because we were just overextending. We're like trying to do this side hustle thing, but we were literally just overextending ourselves and like not growing any fruit. And so the key thing we learned in that season, which I'll speak to some of your audience, because maybe some of your people are like, I'm overextended. I'm growing sticks. I'm in the spaghetti season right now. Um, you got to look at where the fruit is and you got to trim back to the fruit. To grow fruit in the next season, you have to trim back to the fruit. And so we kind of did that. We had this like kind of like aha moment where it's like, okay, where's the fruit? And it was in the wedding business still. Of course, that's producing fruit. But then there was this one other thing. Like we, I mentioned we were selling toys and that toy thing um, had a little bit of fruit there that felt like, okay, there's something there. And it, it had leverage. Um, and so that was this big, big kind of like, now I look back on it, I have language for it. Um, then it just kind of felt good. Like I didn't have the language for it. But now looking back, I could see, I think that that toy company had this like potential of leverage where it could scale really big without taking more of our time. Um, and so we really cut everything out. We like sold the photo booth and we stopped helping out at this like volunteer thing we were doing. We like really trimmed a lot of stuff and trimming is not fun. It's not easy. It's painful. It's sometimes sad, you know, like leaving these things or cutting things. But that really is what positioned us to really lean into this toy thing and the wedding thing. And um, there's another book, I think it's called, the, uh, it's like the pumpkin analogy. Or it's like, a, uh, do you know what book I'm talking about? It's like, no. uh, it's the guy who wrote, I think, Profit First. Um, uh, he wrote another book that basically talks about like pumpkins. It's like, if you're trying to grow 100 pumpkins, right? Like they're all going to grow a certain size. But if you like trim them all out and you put all your nutrients into like one pumpkin, that's when you grow like the award-winning pumpkin, right? Because we all have a certain amount of energy, nutrients, time. And so we really just did that, trimmed everything down into two things. Wedding business was paying the bills and this one thing that had unlimited scalable leverage, right? And so that's really what took us um, to explore deeper with uh, how to sell online. Uh, physical products took us into Amazon. And that gave us even more leverage where now we're leveraging Amazon shipping, Amazon's customer service, all this stuff. And it was that plus, a, I think, a little bit of miraculous timing of um, the fidget spinner trend. <laughs> you remember the fidget spinners? Like you yeah, got kids, totally. like you had yeah. those, I'm sure. Like that was like 2017. Like you look at the Google searches, like, you know, trend, it was just like, boom, fidget spinners came on the scene. And our toy was like this little fidget toy, uh, wooden, um, it's called a kendama. Um, so it was, uh, like a Japanese, um, yo-yo basically. Um, yeah. And so you, yeah, you know, kendamas, I'm yeah, sure. The, so like, the, yeah, my, my kids, my kids had them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were selling kendama accessories. So it was just like a thing that we got into and, um, because the fidget spinner trend, those kind of like came up with it again. Um, and so we threw these things, we, we ship them over to Amazon and Amazon, we started making like $500 a day shipping these things through Amazon. We weren't touching them at all. Like we'd ship a 500 units to Amazon, then they were shipping them. And, and Mike, I remember like being at a wedding that season and like for the first time ever, we're sitting at a wedding, you know, it's, we live in Chico, California, which is like hundred degree weather in the summer. So it's a very sweaty wedding. Um, and you sit down like pretty much once during the day as a wedding photographer. And that's like at dinner, right? And you kind of like go hide in the corner, scarf your food. Cause that's when you like check your phone. And so I remember checking our phone one day and seeing that we had made more on Amazon that day than we had made at that wedding, you know? <laughs> and it was like, that's when I think like we knew like we had it, you know? And it was like, we saw kind of 
okay, here's the exit plan for weddings. You know, weddings were fun and we loved doing what we did, but it just, it wasn't sustainable. It didn't have that time freedom. It didn't have the ability to grow our family. And so when we started to see this Amazon thing start to build without us being there, like that's when we knew like, this is the pathway we got to go. And eventually we trimmed the vine with the wedding thing, retired out of weddings and went all in on the Amazon. And that's really where Rainmakers came from, where we just started telling people what was happening in our life with Amazon. It was like, I taught my mom how to do it, taught a friend how to do it. And very similar to weddings, like every person kind of led to another person. And now we've taught like, I mean, we've taken over 30,000 people through our program now teaching them this Amazon method. We call it the Rainmaker method of how to go from like zero product ideas to launching brands on Amazon to scaling the brands and selling them as well. So um, that's the Rainmaker journey in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, if, you're, if your listeners are catching anything, I think that trim the vine thing, if I could just speak back to myself, it's such a, I think it's a poverty mindset that says like, I got to do more, you know, mm-hmm. um, when, when mm-hmm. often we have what we need. And like, it was like, you just got to look at the fruit. And a lot of times you have what you need. It's just about putting your energy into the right things, you know, and looking for things that have that fruit, but also have the ability to scale um, without killing you in the process, right? Like without taking more of your time. And so um, looking back, I didn't have all that wisdom. I honestly think that it was was very much like following intuition, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But now I look back and now I kind of like, if I could go back and tell myself, I'd be like, look for things with leverage, look for things with like unlimited upside potential that can scale without you being there 100% of the time and lean into those things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good too. And I want to go back to, if you look, I was just talking with Graham Cochran earlier today too. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and anybody's successful journey, it's like, you just start moving towards something. And I think so many people think yeah. they have to have it all figured out. You know, like they, they see, they yeah. see Steven, they see the Rainmaker family success. And it's like, oh, they just automatically think that Steven had it all figured out he left a job and and just launched a business and everything was successful and i think that's i think that's the key takeaway that i'm like hearing as a theme and people need to understand this and i'd like you to just kind of talk to it a little bit there's so many people that are frozen because they don't have it all figured out they don't start moving toward it and i think that momentum and adjusting along the way is key to success and one of the things that you know you talked about with like trimming the vine this is what graham and i were talking about it's such a powerful lesson because when your back's against a wall and you hate your job or you need to make more money or you get into the spaghetti bowl, as you called it, whatever, yeah. when your back's against a wall, like it's kind of easy to be moving towards something. But when we start getting a level of success mm-hmm. and I, the thing with trimming the vine, that's interesting. And I'm even, I'm, I'm trimming the vine in some things in my life that are actually good. Yeah. These yeah. are these are good things. And that's the point that like I think yeah, you're hard. really trying when when my back's against the wall and I don't have anything, you know, to lose, it was easy for me to quit my job and jump into entrepreneurship. I had nothing to lose. I literally said to Kara when I was 23 years old, like, what's the worst case scenario? If this thing fails, yeah. then I have to go back to work for my competitor. <laughs> that's basically yeah. where I'm at today. So like there's no yeah. I'm already living my hell. But later oh. on, when when things are successful and you start having to trim the vine, that's when it gets pretty challenging. And so I think I'd like to, I kind of mm-hmm. said two things there, but I'd like you to kind of address the, you know, for people that are frozen yeah. and they're scared to get moving, they don't have to have it all figured out. And then, and then maybe we can kind of piggyback that with like, 
how hard is it to trim good things out of your life? Like things that are maybe wow. making money and, and are, are good, but they're not, they're holding you back from your potential. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. Trimming the vine is not fun or easy. Um, and it often is painful. It's so often, I mean, I remember like we were volunteering at this thing we really loved and we were involved with these high school kids and had all these relationships, but we just really felt, man, it was like, we need that time in this season, those nutrients to go into these pumpkins. Right. And it was hard to like, like they don't understand, you know? And so I remember, yeah, kind of like saying our goodbyes and, and crying, you know, like with these, with these people that like we've done life with for seven years at that point. But it was like, we just knew, like, I just knew, like, we got to go here, you know? And so you just kind of know when it's time to do that. Um, and and it's, you can look at the fruit, right? So um, again, there was some fruit there, but there's like a bigger fruit opportunity here, right? And so, yeah, it is hard. But I think when, um, I think like every pioneer, so entrepreneurs are very much pioneers, right? And I, I use this language a lot because me and Chelsea are 100% pioneers. Pioneers have to go into new territory. They have to be the first person in and they they got to take that step when no one else takes it, right? Then they go into a territory and they have to set up a system in that territory to like to like thrive. And then when that system's set up, they go to another territory, right? So like, we're always like, you're like this too, I'm sure. You're always like on to something else. Yeah. Um, but a healthy pioneer will also carry with them kind of like a shepherd, right? Someone who's gonna like, like a, like a part of them that's gonna like really take care of the people. Um, as well as like a visionary to keep seeing beyond. And so the shepherd part of us like wants to really hold on to the things. Like it's, that's the part that's really hard. Oh, I don't want to leave this relationship. I don't want to leave this, this, op this business because like, what, if, what are they, what are they going to think? Can I, I don't want to leave this person. That's like the shepherd part of us. That's like very much the, it's the heart, which we should keep. Right. But sometimes in those moments, what can help you take the step you need to take is like kind of tap more into the visionary or the pioneer side of you. Cause like the visionary said, like, here's, I see this vision over here. It's a little bit unclear, but I just, I have my couple steps, you know, like, it's like, I know over those mountains, there's probably something awesome, but I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but I just want to start walking towards it. So if you lean a little towards the visionary, it'll help you in that kind of shepherd heart that hurts. It hurts to leave someone. It hurts to leave a thing. Um, it hurts to like, even say no to something that you know, like, man, it's maybe we have to go through some hard months to say no to this income here, you know? Um, but if you see, if you can lean into the vision side of you, the visionary, the, the pioneer side, it'll help you take those steps because it's, it is really scary. And uh, I often think that entrepreneurs, we got to build that kind of, we call it authority of like going through those sacrifices, really. It's like almost like you got to sacrifice this thing so this thing can live over here. Mm. Um, you, you have to do that to like, in the small, because like those things will come up in the big, right? You've probably seen this, right? Like they're kind of like, we talk about tests. Like it's almost like a test in your entrepreneurship journey. It's like, if you think of it like a game, this is like boss number one is <laughs> like, yeah. will you pass this boss? And like the same skill set you use to pass this boss, like I had to quit the job to do this, is the same skill set or same authority you built that you're going to pass level three boss where it's like, now you got to invest $100,000 in inventory. And that's a very scary thing because now you're draining your bank account or you're taking a big loan. It's the same boss. It's just like you had to build the strength here so you could conquer the giant there, you know? So we've seen that a lot where that like same kind of test comes up at higher levels. Like the same thing of like, are you willing to trim the vine again? Like, it's like, are you willing to do it again? Are you willing to do it again? And it kind of gets more and more. You build strength as you go. And that's how you see these entrepreneurs 
who are, are more seasoned in this, they, they make big moves. And it's like, how would you build the faith for that? It's like, okay, I started here with the tiny thing, you know? Yeah. It, I think so many people think that, you know, it gets easier and maybe it gets easier in the sense that you've built more muscles. It's like weightlifting, yeah. right? But, you know, when you talked about, when you said, you know, drain in the bank account for that $100,000 worth of inventory, well, like you move through that, you got the faith to do it. But then the next time it's going to be a million dollars. Yeah. Next time and then yeah. It's, it just never ends. And I think some people think that, oh, you know, must be nice to be Steven and, and Chelsea and, and have, you know, made it, but like, you just, yeah. you just keep rising up to a new level. And I think it's Don't. such a misunderstanding that people think that, you know, life, life just gets easier. It doesn't, you just get better. You get stronger. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one, I mean, it's taken us so many years to get here, but if you just like, you start to realize that every problem comes with possibilities attached, mm -hmm. you know? And so now, like it used to be like problems were so big and now we get so excited about problems when they come up in our business because it's like, oh man, this is going to have some really cool possibilities attached. I might not see them right now, but even just saying that, it just like diffuses the problem. Because like when you look in hindsight at all these problems that came up in your business, your life, when you look back at them, it's like, oh, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was, you know? Like... I remember we had this thing happen in our business and um, it felt like such a big deal, like at the time. And I had a dream like that night. I'm like, I pay attention to my dreams because I think they they can teach you a lot. And I had this dream of like this big, scary monster shadow on the on the wall. And then I kind of like, look over in the dream and there's like a flashlight and there's like a tiny little mouse in front of the flashlight, you yeah. know? But because like I was looking at the shadow on the wall, it was like big, scary thing. But then I looked over here, it was like this tiny, powerless mouse. You know, I think a lot of times in our business, in our life, we make these problems out to be these big, scary things. When if we could just see them as possibilities to transform or to like level up, like it's kind of like if you think of it like a game, it's like, oh, this is so cool. Like I get to level up in this process and like whoever, who I'm becoming. And that's why I really, I believe like entrepreneurship is one of the greatest kind of transformative experiences, uh, almost spiritual experiences in life because it really forces you to become someone, you know? And if you're going to kind of conquer those bosses, it's like, who do I have to become in this? And that's why I love it. That's why I love keeping growing and keeping stretching myself and keeping taking those risks because that's what gets me fired up is like that self-transformation. It's so good. I, I'm, I was uh, talking about this earlier today, but I think there, there's a Ronald Reagan quote that says it doesn't matter or there'll, there'll be no limit to the amount of good that we can do if we don't care who gets the credit. Wow. And I'm just curious, as you've grown your business, um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you're talking about growing as an individual and, and being yeah. that next boss, like how have you guys grown? Because you said you have a pretty large team now and obviously it didn't start out that way. But talk yeah. to me about some of your leadership growth and I, I know just from hearing you and talking with you, I know you care deeply about your people, but I'm, I'm curious what that leadership evolution and journey has looked like for you. Yeah, man. I think like what this is, I don't know who said this quote. I think I first heard it from like my pastor, honestly, I think he said it and I just have always repeated it, but he basically said like, what you carry will be reflected in those you lead, you know, mm -hmm. like what you carry will be reflected in those you lead. And so I think as we've kind of transformed in our journey and leveled up, like I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're on a growth pathway and we're getting healthier and like we're always on that journey. Like it's just like those things are reflected in the people we lead, you know? And so 
Um, I even look at even our money mindset, our you know, coming from poverty mindset to abundance mindset. Those things have really kind of had to like grow in us and then they have to grow in the people we're leading, you know? And so even like our community, our community of rainmakers who are families doing this thing, like they are different now because like who I was in 2019 was a different person than who I am now. And so that's now reflecting in the community, which is really cool. So I would say in leadership, you know, zero to six figures in the business is pretty much just like me and Chelsea and like, you know, um, our, we had a baby shortly after we launched Rainmakers. So like me, Chelsea and the nanny, right? That was like running Rainmakers. And then like it really grew um, in 20, early, late night, 2019, early 2020. Um, of course, a lot of people are home. They want to start, they want to work from home, like COVID's happening, right? So we really had to level up, one level up and kind of go, okay, now we have to build a team. So we had coaches kind of helping coach the process. And so now we got like, let's say 12 people on the team, me, Chelsea, Nanny, 10 coaches, right? Maybe a customer service person. And so um, as we kind of leveled up, now we have over hundred people in our organization. You know, like I think we've had to really um, nurture all those mindsets as we go. And also like get out of the way more. I think like parenting, like you guys are parents, like, it's one of the greatest parallels probably to business ownership. Um, you can almost look at a business and how old it is and like look at like your kids. <laughs> and like, like luckily we did the business before the kids. I think the business is teaching about, about parenting. But like just like a kid, right? Like you can't, you, can't, um, you can't parent a kid the same way as a 10-year-old than you do a three-year-old, right? Or a two-year-old. And so Ooh. same thing in your business growth. We saw it from zero to six. Um, we had to, we had to run the business one way from six to seven, we had to parent the business a different way, right? We had to empower more, give it more choices, like bring people in team from seven to eight figures. It was like very much like teenager years of the business where now like the business isn't that old, but I'm just saying like, as a teenager, you got to like, stop, like, like micromanaging everything, you got to start letting this person drive, right? And you're like, are you sure you could drive? You know, you're in the st- you're in the passenger seat, like any parents know, and your kids are learning to drive. It's like, that's a scary place to be. There's sometimes there's no brake, there's no steering wheel for you. So now from in eight figures and beyond, you're like now trying to empower them to drive, right? Because like, you can't do everything yourself. Now, I know there's some anomalies and some solo entrepreneurs running like nine figure businesses or whatever. But like, that's what I found is the more we've grown, the more I've had to level up in my release of control, but also in in my leadership to create culture and kind of create mindsets and create systems, right, that are healthy so that this thing can grow without me, you know? And that's really what that, that's that time freedom side of things, which I know you're all about is like, how can we create up systems that that really protect our time so that the business isn't just running us all the time, you know? Like, can you take time off from the business and it keeps running? Like, that's a great, litmus test. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember reading a book by Chet Holmes called The Ultimate Sales Machine. And he talked about pig-headed yeah. discipline. And it's interesting yeah. because like what you just said requires that pig-headed discipline, like to stay out of the way. It's mm-hmm. like one of the hardest things I think to, you know, learn and reprogram ourselves is like to let to let those people go make mistakes with your clients, yeah. with yeah. with, you know, with your money, with, and I think the key is just like setting some level of bumpers. I always talk about this with parenting, like, remember, yeah. you know, like the bowling, you put the bumpers up. Yeah, so that yeah. 
I, I always kind of visually saw that when the kids were younger, like my job as a parent is just to keep them out of the gutters. It's yeah. not to get them to get strikes every time. It's like, I'm, I'm the bumpers. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same with parent, uh, not parenting with, Business. Yeah. with leadership because it's hard though. It's really freaking hard um, to just, like you said, stay out of the way. But I just think back to Chet Holmes and, and that pig headed discipline. And every time that I start thinking to myself, well, it'd be easier if I just do it myself. I, I have Ron Luce. Did you ever, have you ever heard of Ron Luce from Team Mania no. Ministries? No. Yeah. I, Karen and I were youth pastors years ago and, and, uh, we would, we would take the, we would take the youth ministry to, they would do these things called acquire the fire. So okay. they'd, they'd rent these whole stadiums and they'd have like 30,000 teens in these stadiums and, and they just do these big three day events. But anyway, Ron was like a hero of mine. He ran this entire organization with a staff of like 150. They would put like 40 events on every year in these stadiums. Wow. And they do this with a staff of like, I don't say 150 people, but then they had like 2000 interns. Okay. So wow. these are, these are, these are people that just graduated from high school yeah. and, and they're interning with teen mania for two years. And I'll never forget him saying that, you know, the hardest thing for him was to let, he's a perfectionist to let something go and put it in the hands of a teenager. He had 2000 of them running around. <laughs> and he's like, the thing that I realized is that, you know, even if these 2000 teenagers are doing something 60% as well as I would do it. That's yeah. still whatever the math is on that so much more getting done. And he's like, mm. you just have to get really clear on like what the non-negotiables are. And that just stuck with me for so many years because you know what? Maybe nobody will do it as good as you, or maybe in some instances they're going to do it even better. But I think yeah. it's just getting to know, you know, what are your core skill sets? And I'm curious for you, how do you, how do you determine or how did you determine, like, what's your lane? What are the things that uh, only Steve, only Steven's going to do? Man, like, I mean, it's it's over time you, you figure it out. Because at the beginning, you do everything, right? You wear all the hats. And then, like, I was a big, I was a big believer. I read four-hour work week pretty early in my journey. And so that was like, outsource your weaknesses, hone your strengths, you know? So, like, I started doing that pretty early on. So I would start with kind of the menial tasks, like emails, the, the like, the stuff that, it was like, I, yeah, I used to actually like, I just like write out what I did and I'd put money signs next to it. And I just be like, all right, the, like the minimum wage stuff I should not be doing anymore. Right. Give yourself a raise. And so you hire people to do those things. So, but lately I, I read, um, man, probably most impactful book this year for me. Um, 10 X is easier than two X by Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. Um, so this book is kind of about like, man, the concept of the book is like, it's just as easy to 10x your business and your life or whatever area as it is to 2x. Like you might as well shoot for 10x um, because it's like the same amount of effort. It's just how you uh, do that effort, right? So his concept is basically like most of us are probably on a 2x trajectory of like, you know, we're all growing and we're all like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of the crazy people that are just pursuing growth, right? And so 2x looks like, doing 80% of what you're used to, you know, and then 20% kind of like new territory pioneer stuff, right? Like new move, like, hey, I'm going to try this new thing. He said, basically, to, to 10x, you want to kind of like flip that. So you want to do like 80% kind of like, this is my unique ability, new stuff, like superpowers, and then 20% of what you used to do. And so I started thinking this way. And he actually takes you through an exercise in the book, where you actually look at all the 10x jumps in your life, right? So from being broke college kid to like freelancer, right? 10x jump income, right? From being freelancer, like to doing weddings, like that's 10x jump, right? From doing weddings to doing commercial film, 10x jump. From 
you know, like, so you just go through all of them, right? From there to starting an Amazon business, there to starting Rainmakers, you know? Um, so you look at all the 10x jumps and then you look at like, what was the 80% new that I had to do? And what was the 20% that I kept, right? Because mm. like each one of those 10x jumps has something new you had to go into, learn, whatever. And so it, get, it starts to give you clues of like, oh my gosh, the 20% that's always stayed for me was sales and marketing. That's been everything from photo booth to like, whatever. I was like, I was always like sales and marketing and then systems and communication, right? Like, cause like, that's really what helped me start scaling was like building the system. Um, not only driving the traffic, but having a system to really fulfill on it. And so now I know when I'm going to a new territory, which I always am as a pioneer, you know, I'm like, okay, this is what I keep. And then that frees me up. So like anything else on my calendar that's not that thing, I'm going to start building team to handle so that I can start having this 80% free to start going, okay, how can I step into this new territory? And that's what, that's what puts you on that 10X path, which is, it's wild. <laughs> so that, that thing has helped me out a lot. Um, even this year, we've completed more projects, pushed more things across the finish line uh, than ever before because I've been able to get out of the way more and just like cast vision for the thing, get it out of my system <laughs> and get team around to doing it. And then I'm off to the next thing, you know? So. Um, that exercise, I mean, if that's hitting you, you listen to the show, pause this episode and do that exercise. Just look at the 10, 10x jumps in your life. Look at what, what did I keep in that season and what, what was new. And that thing that you kept, that's probably telling you a little bit about your unique superpower, like your thing that you, that's the fruit, right? That's what you're going to keep in this next season. Even if you step into new stuff, that's the thing that you're going to keep that's going to propel you. So good, man. I was... uh Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm such a fan. Uh, I coached with Dan. I was in the, the 10 X program with Dan oh, for awesome. a couple of years and man, just yeah. the way that he thinks, um, he challenged my thinking in so many ways. I don't think that there's ever been a coach that I had yeah. that put some thoughts in my brain that I had more resistance toward. <laughs> um, just because he like thinks in such, uh, just big leaps and, you yeah. know, like one of them, Right, did you did you do strategic coach at all? I haven't done it, but I may have read all those books. So like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, it, it sounds amazing. Like just I, I yeah. need to think, get around more of that thinking because every time I read those books, I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> well, like one of the one of the things that like I really found myself saying, okay, I want to be teachable on this. I want to be open, but I don't know if that's possible he's got this idea of free days, focus days and buffer days. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan, like literally his goal is for you to get to the point where you have like one focus day, um, two buffer days, and then yeah. like four free days. Like he basically wants to get you to where you're not working ever. And I'm just like, I, yeah. I, I, I think I, just I read couldn't... in the book, like he has like 12 meetings a year or something like that with his team. Yeah. Or it's like something like that where it's like, it's just really efficient. And uh, it's just like, it really stretches your mind. You're like, wait, I don't have to do a meeting every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, going to shift gears it. on you a little bit. I'm really curious how, um, for those in the audience that work with their spouse, yeah. what are number one, what is, what is your role? What is her role? And mm -hmm. what are some tips and tricks that you've learned on when working together? Yeah, we, I mean, we started before we were married. So like one, working together is the best like marriage counseling ever because like it forces you into lots of conversations, mostly revolving around communication, you know? Um, and so we, in the early days of business, we did do a lot, but we had to learn to really define roles. So I think that's step one is really defining clear roles. 
you're not just both kind of like, oh, we both do the inbox. Like that's how it was when we first started our wedding business. And that doesn't work. Like you need someone to do the inbox, right? Um, so uh, this this exercise has even helped clarify it more where we did this for Chelsea. And I was like, oh, this is like, even in the wedding business, even in this business, even in Rainmakers, this is your superpower. And that also helps you kind of own it and go like, okay, how can we design our schedule around that? So, you know, we got two young boys. We got a uh, 18-month-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old. And so this season of life is very much like being with them. And so we really engineered our weeks around them. Um, I work pretty much nine to four every day. Uh, but Chelsea works uh, basically two days a week because in this season, like she wants to lean real heavy into mom. And I want to lean really heavy into dad, but I do that early mornings and at nights. Um, and that could change in the next season. Like, I don't know, but I think like, if you can figure out your life first, like what, what, what do you need in your week? What do you need on your year? Like your business will always fill in the gaps. And so for her, like we really, when we had our second son, we really took an honest look at her week. And I was like, what gives you life? Like you need a lot of mom time. You need friend time. You need all these things. And I was like, okay, we need to shift you to two days a week. And then she's like super productive on the two days a week because she focuses on her superpower, which is really like, she's the face of the brand. She's the content creator. She's the voice of a lot of this stuff. I'm more of the sales marketing kind of behind the scenes. Um, and so for her, like Mondays and Tuesdays, like content creation, literally like all day. Like it's just like TikToks, podcasts, like all the things. And then like we have teams supporting her. So she's never posting those things. She's never editing those things. Like they're taking her stuff and like making it into other things. And so we've really kind of crafted that around her. And uh, um, yeah, but that's come over time, you know? So I think at the very beginning of your business, you may not understand what roles are best. So you have to figure that out over time. And like, um, and then also like, we got to be willing to call each other out of like, hey, I see you, you know, doing this thing in the Facebook group. Like you don't need to be doing that anymore. You know, like we have a team that does that and like kind of calling each other up to our higher roles. And Chelsea would do the same thing for me. Like she sees me, doing stuff that's not that superpower, filling my calendar with that, we kind of, um, we'll call each other out on that. So we do weekly meetings as a family. I mean, you do this probably in your business. So we do this with our family too, to kind of look at the calendar every week, see how we can support each other, see what we need to change, tweak, take off the calendar. Um, and then also call each other up to those kind of like, Hey, I, I know this is your superpower and I see you kind of not filling your time with that thing. So that's very helpful having someone to kind of hold you accountable to your best self. So good. Well, we're getting, we're, we're getting, we're getting close here. So I have a question. I want to tap into your marketing genius and not a lot of my, you know, audience is probably already in the online business space, but with your visionary um, tendencies, if you will, and, and seeing where things are going, what are, what are some of the things that, you know, we should be thinking about um, things that are changing out there, just yeah. ma maybe it's things that have been tested, tried and true that people need to really be thinking about on the marketing front. Yeah. I mean, I think like one, th this thing I've been just thinking about more lately, I think um, when we look at like Amazon, so we kind of piggyback on Amazon success, right? We're helping feed the Amazon machine. <laughs> um, but one thing Amazon has done really well is like they've allowed other people to build their businesses within Amazon. So like there are thousands of ways you can make money in the Amazon ecosystem, right? You can you can write books to put on their platform. You can sell products on their platform. You can drive trucks for their people. Like you can 
you could be the person who records the voiceover for books on the platform and make royalties on the sale. Like there's like so many ways and Amazon doesn't do any of the work, right? I mean, they do a lot of the work. They created the system and then they attract the people into the system who build their business within Amazon. The reason Amazon is so big is because they're they're letting us build our business within them. You know, they're like, we'll have the warehouses, we'll have the shipping, we'll have the logistics. You just put products on our shelves. And so like 60% of the products on Amazon are from people like us, like small businesses, you know? And so, um, and there's unlimited upside potential for us. So I think like this is something that's been challenging me because like at the very beginning of our business, we didn't do this very much. Like it was kind of like, okay, like you work for me, I pay you hourly, you know? Like this is your job. And like not everyone is money motivated or like wants a total upside potential. But when you want to attract superstars into your business who are really like, let's say a marketer or let's say, you know, someone who's really going to drive a lot of revenue, giving them kind of like some sort of upside potential or even unlimited upside potential to kind of build their business within your business. Um, it's a really cool way to like attract superstars, not have to manage them. You know, like we we did this, like we had just an example. Um we had one main acquisition channel where we're bringing customers into our, our coaching business. And I wanted to start another one, but I did not have the time to start another one, right? I just didn't want all my eggs in this basket. And so I basically came up with a strategy of like, I see this opportunity over here. I want to do this thing over here, but I don't want to do it myself. And I went to a friend. I was honestly just a friend from college that like I trusted. I knew he had the, he didn't have the skill set exactly, but he had like the wiring to figure it out. And I just told him, hey, my product's, uh, my price is this, right? Um, and I want to give you this of that product. Like I want to give you, um, basically it's like a thousand dollars of that product to build this business. So you go build this thing over there. I'll give you a thousand dollars of every sale that comes through over there. And there's going to be a few months where you probably don't make anything, you know, but then you can grow this thing and have unlimited upside potential. And I want you to build your team within the thousand dollars. So as you scale, mm. like at the beginning, you're going to make the full thousand. And you add a team member, you're going to make half, you know, you add another. And so basically he's building this whole team within that chunk. Um, and of course there's like, there's overflow and we kind of like, you know, whatever. But I mean, this guy has increased revenue by at least $4 million so far. And, and he'll wow. probably like, he'll probably grow that to multiple seven, if not eight figures in the next couple of years, a whole new revenue stream. And I don't have to manage it. He does all the hiring, the firing. He builds this whole team out of that. Like he's able to build his business within our business. And so that thing, like that idea, I think of just like, instead of figuring it out yourself, like finding the people to do the thing and then rewarding them, giving them total upside potential, it can open up a lot of ideas and opportunities where you don't have to, you don't have to figure it all out yourself. You just kind of create the structure, think through the math, set strategic check-in points to make sure that's still working for him, right? Because like, at some point, he's going to run out of $1,000. You know, he can like stretch his margin so thin as he scales his team. So we have check-in points and stuff like that. But that thing has been a, just in the last couple of years, we've started to do that in different parts of our business. And those are the parts that grow the fastest with the least amount of management because those people have like ownership in it. So for, for people trying to grow marketing, sales, you know, maybe you want to launch a whole new kind of like department of your business or arm of your business or even a different vertical, different customer, like maybe you stop thinking how and start thinking like who, like who could be the person that helps you do that thing. That's so good, man. Um, I have a random question that I was just thinking about. So if Amazon failed, like yeah. there's no more Amazon, um, you, you couldn't do anything in the, the, the current uh, work that you're doing. You had to start yeah. all over. What, what would you do? 
Well, that's a good question. We we always think about that because, like, you know, that is uh, that would be a black swan event, right, or whatever they call yeah. it. Um, so, you I mean you heard when I told you what we did? I didn't mention Amazon. So I said, you know, we create transformational experiences for moms who want to create time freedom, financial freedom, and leave a thriving family legacy. So currently, we are using the vehicle of Amazon to do that because it has a lot of leverage, and moms can do it from home or while they're working with very little time. But Amazon's not the only opportunity out there. You know that. Like, there's a thousand ways to make money or have time freedom, have financial freedom. And so we're positioning the product or like our service as more, this is a transformational experience. We use this vehicle right now. If that does pivot, there's a lot of other vehicles, you know, and we luckily know a lot of people in other spaces. And so we'll be all right. But I think uh, that is kind of like, that's only come recently as like, okay, let's think beyond Amazon even. You know, I don't think Amazon's going away. I think like, you know, you know, relentless.com goes to amazon.com. Did you know that? So like they're that's like that was one of their original like business names they thought of. So like that's their mindset. Like they're just gonna take over more things. But you know, like okay, like we can't predict the future. And so things could change. They could shut things down. Like who knows? And so we always are kind of hedging our bets for that. And also just knowing like if we have a heart to serve the people, money follows value. And like we can deliver value for the people and help them create time freedom, financial freedom and thriving family legacy, like there'll be money there to help those people. So um, I'm not too worried about it, but it is something we do think about and want to like have a vision even bigger than Amazon. Yeah, so good, man. Well, I appreciate all your wisdom, insight. It's been so good. Where can people, if they're interested in, you know, the programs that you guys do, yeah. being part of the Rainmaker family, where where do they find it? What What's this look like? Yeah, I mean, if you like podcasts, we have a show, it's called the Rainmaker Family Show. So here, Chelsea and I, um, we've had Kara on. I think we'll probably have Mike here soon on the show. So that's a great place to just like hear more of, of these mindsets and the people we interview. Um, and then I'd say Instagram. Instagram is a great place to connect with us um, at the Rainmaker Family on Instagram. Um, we we post a ton of content there uh, for families who who want that time freedom, financial freedom. Awesome, man. Well, again, I appreciate you being on the show. Any final words? Man, I just think uh, if you're listening to the show, you're in the right place. So um, just encourage you. Um, you know, if you're in that spaghetti season, if you're in that kind of like, I got to feel like I got a trim, um, I just encourage you. There's a convergence coming for you where just like things from your past are all going to come together. You know, like if I had to look back at where we're at now, I can look back at like every single thing that felt like a step in a direction, but not the direction. Like it was like, I don't know the vision, but I'm taking this step. And every single one of those steps, led to building a skill set or building a step, like uh, building a block of the house that we have now. You know what I mean? Like it was like a brick. And so I just encourage you to take that step. You know, um, if that's resonating with you, that trim the vine thing, I think there's something on that for someone listening that like it is very scary, um, but there's a lot of people that have, that have done it. So, you know, connect with people in this world, this community, and you'll hear a lot of encouragement and you'll look back on it and be like, man, I'm so glad I took that step because that led to this, led to this, led to this. And I, I mean, I could not even like fathom the life we're living right now, Mike, like four years ago, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, or the business we have, or like, I, like, I didn't even like, like I, I went to like a friend's business meeting, like annual planning and he had a team of like 20 people. And I was like, I never want this. Like, like two or three years ago, I was like, this sounds awful. They have like all these people and like departments. <laughs> Yeah. And now we have an organization of like over a hundred people, you know? So like, you have no idea, like the pathway that you could be on. Um, you just got to keep taking those steps. So I hope that's encouraging to someone listening. And um, yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, thanks for being on. Steven Diaz. 
If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.